to another week of podcasting. Time doth fly fast. We are on podcast number 11 of 40. February is also not sleeping. Her sunrises and sunsets do not miss their daily duty, even in the midst of snow. I hope your quitting journey is rolling on a teachable pace for you. You have opportunities to pause and listen, to learn and share, to ask questions and wait for answers. Life is beautiful when our purpose for life is one we are certain of, for then, even through difficulties, our purpose continues to walk the rugged path and leave footprints of legacy. This week, we have been blessed again with snow, but this time, like never before. In fact, it was so much fun rolling down some little hills and gazing at the white curtains. Majestic. Today, we made some pomegranate juice. It was so delicious, especially with a tinge of ginger added to it. Just what we need in this cold weather, right? How the stinging ginger can bring warmth to the body. Isn't that how life's experiences are? After we have drunk in the well of pain, we still sense the warmth of God's presence. Welcome to the 11th podcast where mundane meets mastery, coming to you from the northern hemisphere of the beautiful continent of Europe. I am your host, Beryl Aseno Nyamwange. Welcome again, Wednesday. It's the day I choose to talk about quitting. Come to the arena where the little things are the big things where everyday living is the best life, where every day has something worth highlighting, where boredom is taken to the boardroom of the mind and comes out bearing rich thoughts that build hearts' walls. Here we speak potential, inspiration, edification, eat the pie, taste the sweet and savory in the world of words and growth. Here we are becoming. Proverbs 16.23 says, The sweetness of the lips increases learning. Today, our quitting is on peaceable love. Peace. Who is talking of peace amidst the turmoil around us? Myanmar is reeking of war. Afghanistan has been on and off since 1978. The pain and agony in Yemen, the media is not able to capture it all. There are things happening around us that we know not of. Syria, Mexico, Turkey, Iraq, the United States, the list is endless. But there are other wars that have greater impacts, invisible most of the time. The wars of grudges and unforgiveness, of bitterness and jealousy, of covetousness and lack of contentment. But that is for another day. Today, we want to focus on peace. Is peace the absence of war? Can one have peace in the midst of waiting for a desire to be fulfilled? What is peace? Is it sufficient to equate peace with absence of war? I think that peace is much broader than that. It occupies even in the midst of war. Its wings are broad. Its tentacles fly higher than the missiles of the enemy. What then is peace? Is it a treaty signed? Hmm. As a lawyer in the making, I have read several pages of those treaties and I still wonder why nothing seems to work to bring peace to the world. But should I wonder? Maybe not. So what is peace? Is it silence? Is it tranquility? Is it freedom from fighting? Is it a state of harmony? Of no disturbance? Quiet and calm? Does peace mean being conflict-free? 
World War II ended in 1945 while a Japanese soldier named Soichi Yokoi was hiding out in the jungle of the island of Guam. Leaflets dropped from U.S. planes proclaiming peace, but Yokoi thought it a trick. A loyal, patriotic soldier of the emperor, he had vowed never to surrender. Because he had no contact with civilization, he lived on what he could find in the jungle, a sparse, hard existence indeed, as you can imagine. In 1972, 27 years after the end of World War II, hunters came across Yokoi while he was fishing, and he only then learned that the message of peace had been true, in fact, 27 years earlier. While the rest of his people had been enjoying peace for decades, Yokoi had been enduring decades of privation and stress. I find this story in a book by Roy Gain called Altar Call. What would you do if you were Yokoi? I did further research on Yokoi's life because I wanted to know how he survived in the jungle for nearly 30 good years. His last two surviving companions died in floods in 1964. So, for the last eight years of his life, Yokoi lived alone. He survived by hunting, primarily at night. There, they ate venomous toads, river eels, and rats. He also used native plants to make clothes, bedding, and storage implements, which he carefully hid in his cave. You can imagine he lived in a cave. Even after he was found, he still clung to the notion that his life was in danger. On one occasion, when he was desperately sick in the jungle, he wrote, No, I cannot die here. I cannot expose my corpse to the enemy. I must go back to my hole to die. I have so far managed to survive, but all is coming to nothing now. Yokoi really panicked as they got him out of the jungle, his nephew said. In fact, as they led him away through the jungle's tall foxtail grass, Yokoi cried for them to kill him there and then. He did not know peace. Quitting as peaceable love. Peace is not the absence of war. Let me try and define peace by bringing to life what peace is not. I love poetry, so I wrote this one to try and capture what peace is and is not using tenets of our daily experiences in nature and in life. Peace does not come in capsules. It is not a pill for the easy life. It is not found in the minds of fools who equate peace with absence of strife. Peace does not go down into the belly through food or drink or mere satisfaction. It grounds itself in the heart steady and stays there to grant needed emancipation. Peace is not chewed like sweet morsels to taste and enjoy the fragrance thereof, but it is a fruit born of the tree of hustles where uncertainty lets go and by grace moves forward. Peace is not a breather for the confident. It does not send a breeze of calm in trial, but remains the feeder of the heart's contents, sending quietude regardless of inner turmoil. Peace is not the whisper of stillness. It is not the voice of comfort and cheer, but the practical presence of God in fullness, real promises amidst prevailing fear. Peace is not the path without thorns. It is not the way easy and rosy. 
but the path where one never walks alone for the peace giver is never too busy. Peace is not the plain blue sky with no cloud, nor the sunlit sky with pretty hues bold, but the dark sky with thunderstorms, yet a calmness amidst the disturbance forms. Peace is not the darkness with a full moon. It is not the brightness of the midnight sky, but the fullness of life at night or noon, knowing that a dawn is giving birth to day. Peace is not the presence of rain in summer. It is not the fertile land of needs met, but the presence of promises that always glimmer by the hand of the master designer, your life purposes set. Peace is not the petals of the pretty rose blooming. It is not the reality of flowers springing, but the truth that petals now fallen. New growth will appear at the right time again. Peace is not the voice of positivity. It is not the mental will or good attitude, but the hushing of the voice of negativity. Raised I am to a higher spiritual altitude. What does peace mean to you? Quitting as peaceable love. The resting heart that beats at pace, knowing the timer is in the hands of the one who never falters. That one who never falters has given us a promise. He gives perfect peace to him whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts in him. Isaiah 26 verse 3. Peace is an abiding trust in Jehovah. It comes to the soul that has taken time to ponder his character. Do you see him rejoicing as you agonize over whys of your waiting? Then that's not him. Do you envision him looking out for you, for the mistakes and the plan B's you have charted for yourself because his plan A is not on the first lane for you? That is not his character. Peace trusts, peace hopes, peace believes. Quitting as peaceable love, do you find yourself restless as you wait for that child or spouse-to-be? For your dream job or business plan? Do you find yourself restless as you wait for that salary increase and you feel like you have been forgotten while others are having a good time? Three things not to do while you wait in peaceable love. Number one, do not compare yourself with others. Number two, do not lose out on contentment. And number three, do not compromise. Comparing oneself with others simply means we do not know the standard and that would be very sad. Why? Because you are precious in his sight and he has a plan and purpose for you. Losing out on contentment could be an indicator that the soul is overflowing with self and nothing else. And that is sad because a heart like that can never be satisfied. Compromise means cutting corners, lowering the standards of virtue, trashing integrity at all costs and making idols that destroy us. And that is sad because it means we have failed to live by principle. So how ought we to live peaceably as we wait on the Lord to grant us the desires he has placed in our hearts? Three key points to remember. Number one, stillness. The opposite of restlessness is stillness. Think again of Yokoi's life. Even at the point when his rescue came, he remained suspicious, imagining that he was in danger. Stillness does not mean inactivity. It means an abiding trust in the perfect plan being rolled out in your favor. It means dropping anxiety and perplexity and picking up faith and courage. Is this possible? Yes. How? Watch what you're watching. It matters the mental pictures hanging on the walls of your mind. 
It affects the living room of your thoughts, the ambience there. How? Watch what you eat. It affects the intricate balance of the hormones in our bodies. And that which would not have been caused as an irritation might as well be an avalanche. Simply because you have not been sleeping at the right time. Could that be so? Especially to students and in this age of technology? Watch what you say. Why? The wise man said, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Stillness is activity. It is doing what is best in the current circumstances. Stillness is not giving up. It is giving upwards, lifting your hands in surrender and admitting, I can't do this. I need help. Next time you're sewing or torn cloth or knitting as a hobby, please have someone shake your shoulders as you engage the needle and the thread. What patterns come forth? Nothing. You might as well get a break from the needle. And that is not pain I want or you want. But that is what we do sometimes when we choose to be unstilled, restless, perplexed, worried, concerned, doubtful, pitiful, self-caring to the point of caring less and less for others. How shall we gain stillness then as we wait? We need to remember our source and his plans. Even a river knows its source and the trajectory of its pathway. Our source says, be still and know me. Know that I am God. When we are still, we can listen more. We can understand more. We can make better choices and we can be more responsive to the outcomes of the consequences of our situation. When we are still, we hear and thus blame games upon others is not a field we want to play in. We have wings of confidence that want to fly and show that the card that lifts us up in the midst of uncertainty actually comes from on high, much higher than where we are soaring. Is your quitting a learning experience on stillness? Learn the lessons on stillness in your quitting. Stillness is point number one. Point number two, stitching. Stitching often involves a sharp object, mostly at least. I alluded to knitting and sewing, but let's get practical about this aspect in our quitting journey. Do clothes that are torn need mending? No. Does knitting create some beautiful patterns? Yes. When we learn to knit, are we at liberty to design the patterns and colors we love? Absolutely. COVID season has improved my knitting skills. Have we been torn in this life? You bet. Death of a parent. Failure in school. Loss of a job, failing health, loss of love for God, divorce, financial burdens, unforgiveness, a breakup, failed engagement, anxiety, depression. Do we need fixing? We all do. But the stitches only work when we are still. Stillness counts a lot in the quitting journey. In your quitting, be willing to be stitched. But how can this come? It comes in various forms. Friends may notify you or me of something that needs changing in our life. Let us be open to listen. Stitching happens when we are still. You may lose a job. And that may be an opportune moment for a new thread in your life. The thread of your own entrepreneurial journey. Starting your own business. Stitching also comes even when we are ill with our health failing. 
it could be the start of a support group of people with a similar challenge, eventually rolling out to be a ministry that helps to encourage others in that difficult path. Stitching is painful. Yes, it is. I have torn my skin and it was stitched, but that is nothing compared to real stitching that happens in our experiences as we wait daily. Quaiting as stitching. But if only you are still enough to listen to the one who says, only the sick need a doctor. He is the great physician. And he has come to mend our broken pieces, to fill our leaking cracks with beautiful patterns. He has come. Will we let him to our space that we may feel his presence through the pain of stitching? In our quitting, stillness then stitches. And lastly, you have a pattern and thus you are settled. Settled here does not mean we have arrived. It does not mean the work is over and we can be careless and disorganized because we have seen it all or we have it all. Settlement comes with responsibility. We have learned and continue to learn the value of stillness. And so when we see a restless soul, we may have a word in season to share. When we see our torn soul, we, we may have a button to pass on to cover that wound, to heal that wound. We're still a work in progress in our settlement, but it means our work is more defined because we have more confidence in the one who is at work within us. We have scars that testify of our mending. We're not ashamed of them. They are an inspiration to those in our sphere of influence. Settlement, your purpose is clearer. Your goals are sharper, your testimony is louder, your plans are fulfilling his purposes, your ideas are divine implementations that he bids you execute. You are no longer living for yourself. Your life is hid with Christ in God and you're living to be a blessing to others. Quaiting is settlement. You have not arrived, but you can look back and see with breaths of gratitude how far the Lord has brought you. Your life becomes an inspiration for others in the journey. You are not the standard but you have been standardized. You have been weighed. You're still wanting in many ways, but the greatest desire of your heart is to please him, to want what he wants. And this, by his grace, you do and keep yearning for, thirsting and hungry for the right things. Dear listener, quitting as peaceable love shouts at you, shun comparing yourself with others. It bids you seek contentment and live it every day. And it begs you, do not compromise. In stillness, your jungle is not one of fear, though people tread in to come and rescue you. In stitches, your wounds fear no exposure because your scars are your testimony. And in settlement, your legacy continues to grow to inspire others because you have been weighed and you are his unfinished business, just like I am. Yokoi, how he lost nearly 30 years of his life because of what he believed in strongly, yet so untrue. How he lost the life he could have lived with family and friends for fear of the death he foresaw. Like Yokoi, we have built jungles. We are mending ourselves in there, wearing masks that need to fall off, walking on paths that need to be closed borders. We deny ourselves perfect peace when we do this. Let us come to a new stage of peace, far away from our jungles of restlessness. A new stage of peace is what he's calling us to. Quaiting as peaceable love. What jungle do you find yourself hiding in today? Are we hunting at night like Yokoi, but feeding on worry and restlessness when perfect sleep could be our portion? 
What are we hiding in our cave that needs exposure to the light? Are we still clinging to the notions of danger when he has come to set us free from bondage? Are we afraid of the enemy? So we cower and go back to our self-made holes of self-protection. Are we content to survive or we long to thrive? Does it seem like all is coming to nothing? Are we in panic mode? Even when the rescue crew has come to our aid, do we prefer death when all of life has been given that we may never die? Enjoy the stillness in the night of your waiting. Accept the stitching in you of that which is torn and in your settlement continue to grow. A mundane life stores in its dark jungles tools of comparison with others, lack of contentment and abundance of compromise. But a life of mastery, a life of mastery enjoys stillness, stitching and settlement. Until next Wednesday, goodbye.